Well, welcome, and I'm so glad you can be with us uh, in church today, either in person in the building or actually online, and welcome, and I just want to acknowledge all the dads around the place for Father's Day. It's so great that uh, around the world we can actually acknowledge the role that a father plays, um, and that's so important for us. But let's just pray. Let's just pray and get into this moment of delving into God's Word. So let's just pray together. Our gracious and loving God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that we can share in together your word found in the Bible. May your Holy Spirit descend upon us and open our hearts and our minds to understand your word for us today. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Well, we're back into uh, looking into our series on the words, the ways and the works of Jesus. And I love how we are just delving into the Gospel of Mark, and actually having a look at, at how Jesus behaved, at what he said to those who were following him about the works, the great works, his final works, his salvation works for us. In today's section of, of Mark's Gospel that we're looking at in depth, which is Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through to 56, we actually are following on from what Eric had been talking about uh, last week about the feeding of the 5,000. We actually follow straight on from that. It's not like a time period has gone by. Jesus just fed the 5,000 and then the section we're reading follows right after this. And, and to be honest, I want to say this. Jesus was busy. I bet he was tired and I bet people wanted more and more from him. You know, it wasn't just a fact that Jesus did this miracle, but people kept on wanting more and kept on wanting more and kept on wanting more. Does that sound kind of familiar to anybody? Does that sound like what it feels like today in our world, that we often are really busy, we're really tired, we're really time poor? I, I, you know, Annette and I were out for a walk yesterday and we were just walking along... Um, the Esplanade down at Cronulla, and a number of conversations I overheard on the way on our walk we had was, you know, oh, I'm so busy, I'm so tired, you know, and, and somebody was going, oh, that's because you're time poor. Well, it's because we're filling everything in in our lives and we're not giving our space, self, any space to do things. You know, I feel the same, I reckon, as most other people around the place. And especially, you know, uh, with the way the world is working at the moment. You know, being really busy and things keep on piling up. There's more to do. There's more things to do. There's new things to do. There's new stuff to learn. There's, there's work. There's new regulations. There's extra ministry opportunities. And I, I want to be say, I want to be honest with you, I'm really thankful for all these new ministry opp opportunities that are opening up. But guess what? It involves time, it involves energy, it involves needing to be involved, you know, getting involved in it. I reckon we are more busy today than ever before. That we're getting busier and busier. And I, I'm not the only one that feels busy. And feeling busy is not the only thing that I'm actually experiencing at the moment. I want to say, I'm tired. Has anybody ever got to that point? Has anybody got to that point right now going, oh, I'm actually really tired, physically tired, you know, intellectually and mentally tired, emotionally drained? 
Have you got to that point? I can see some nods in the house. And I want to just say, this time that we are living through, it is taking a toll on us. Some of us you know, are reacting badly to it. Some of us want to protest and say this is all wrong. But others are just feeling really tired and exhausted. See, today's reading from Mark's Gospel, it has some great advice about finding rest, about God's promises to us when we find the time hard. And, you know, I reckon for us we're fighting against, and, and, and here's the analogy for us that we want to actually kind of delve into today, is that it's like fighting against a storm. The storm's out there and it's buffeting us, but we're fighting against it. But before I jump into, you know, what, what Jesus is doing and what, how he handled all of this, I want to actually check in with you. I want to actually check in with you and see how you are handling the increased stress, the pressure, dealing with living through a pandemic. Now, I bet you nobody really has lived through a pandemic before uh, in the kind of level that we have at the moment. And if we really take a moment and be honest to ourselves right now, I want to see how you are coping. How are you really coping? What things in your life have actually changed? Or have you just been sailing on as it before? Are you turning towards, and this is the thing, you know, when we're under stress, when we're under pressure, when we're in, in, in this space of, and, and I don't want to use the word, have you, have you noticed how just about every second news report they use unprecedented? I think it's an overused word at the moment, but I don't want to say it's unprecedented. I just think it's, you know, we're living through a time that is radically different for us. And, and how do we cope? Well, some of us, you know, and, and some people actually turn to unhelpful, addictive, destructive behaviours in order to cope. They think that, you know, and, and you will have seen the stats, more people have driven to drink alcohol more now. Alcohol sales have gone up um, because that's one of the ways people have been trying to cope. See, if you're finding it hard right now, if, if you are... And, and let me say this, if you're finding it hard now and it's difficult to cope, what I want you to do is I want you to lean in. I want you to actually ask for prayer. Now, on our online um, church platform, there, there, there's a prayer button that will pop up on there. Please hit it if you want prayer and one of the team will pray for you. If you're on Facebook or any of the other streaming services that we're doing, I'll leave a comment and we will pray for you. Just say, I would love prayer and we will pray for you. This is actually something that we want to do for you. We want to do it right now, live right now. If you're in the building um, and you really want to you know, have some prayer, put your hand up and somebody nearby will pray with you in this moment. For, you know, the more that we are stressed, the more that we find that times are difficult uh, and, and trying to get things done. You know, I, I'm finding this myself, that with stress... I often actually put aside the things I need to do and, and go and do something I shouldn't do. Have you noticed this? Netflix becomes really attractive. You know, jumping into a TV series becomes really attractive when you are stressed. And you often, you know, put it, you know, you'll do something instead of doing the thing you need to do. That's a kind of destructive thing. And so the problem about that is it creates more stress because you actually haven't done the job you needed to do. You've actually spent time doing something else. You know, all of us handle stress differently. And I want to say, just lean in and we're going to start praying for each other. Because prayer is powerful. Prayer changes lives. Prayer is what we're actually called to do. 
So what did Jesus do while we're doing this? What were the, what were the words, the ways that Jesus actually worked into this overwhelming situation that he find himself? So I'm just going to read again from Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 45 through to 46, just this little segment about what Jesus did when he found himself overwhelmed with people pushing in with pressure to do ministry, to do miracles, to do all these things. He's got his disciples around him, and this is what happens. Immediately after this, immediately after feeding the 5,000, Jesus insists that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. So he's, he's, he's already saying, you guys are around with me. You guys have been seeing the miracles. You guys have been picking up all this bread and the, the miracle that's been happening there. I want you to jump in your boat and head back over to the other side. And while he then sent the people home. So everybody else who'd come around to come and see this miracle, the 5,000, he sent them all away. He said, go home, go home. Don't stay here, nothing more to see. After telling everybody goodbye, he went up to the hill by himself to what? To pray. That's what Jesus did. And here's the thing, here's three things that he did. He removed distraction, he removed pressure, he rested and he prayed. So he did removal of distraction and pressure. He rested and he prayed. Let's break this down. You know, it's, we, we often think it's so important for us you know, to have the disciples with us all the time, to be involved in ministry, to do the things that are so important and keep on bearing. His disciples, the closest friends, the ones that were learning from him, he sent them out. He sent them ahead of them to the other side of the lake. You know, the thing about constantly giving out, constantly doing, constantly investing, constantly teaching, constantly in ministry is that it becomes exhausting. And it gets to the point where you've got no more to give because you've given everything out. How can you keep on giving when you've run your well dry? You actually have to take time out. You have to remove yourself from those positions of ministry, positions of leadership, of work. If you keep on working, whatever work you do, now I was just talking about ministry from myself, my own perspective. If you keep on doing and doing and doing, you get to the point where you're burnt out and you don't want to do anything. Whatever, whatever work situation you're in, you'll actually find yourself where you will actually work and work and work until you get to the point you can't work anymore and there's no more you want to give and you just don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to get to that stage. You actually want to stop before that. You actually have to get to a point and realise when to back off, when to provide rest, when to remove the distractions. So here's the thing. Jesus created a space for rest and he did this by removing the distractions. He did this by removing the pressure. So he removed the distractions of, of people, of his disciples, of all the people around. He removed the pressure of having to teach, having to show miracles, having to heal. He removed all of those so he could rest. So it's really important for us to actually remove the distractions or remove the miracles and remove the, the, the pressures so that we can find rest and we can pray, really come into talking with God and getting involved with God. 
Because rest and prayer are an incredibly vital and important part of our life. It actually changes who we are. It revitalizes us. It brings us back so we can do more and more and get involved more in ministry. And see, I want to ask you this question. How are you creating space in your life for rest? How are you creating space in your life for rest? See, in order to rest, what do you have to do? You actually have to stop. You have to stop doing, you have to stop being involved, and you actually need to let God speak into your life. And God is speaking to our lives now. And what I want you to do, you know, I'm just asking you, what are you doing to create rest? See, in your life, how do you do it? Now, God might be speaking into your life right now and saying, well, you need to stop, you need to hold back, you need to pull back on something. You need to not be involved in something. You need to create a space for rest. I want, I want you to throw up into the chat, into the comments, something that God is speaking to you about to allow you to create rest. The reason I want you to do that is so that you can provide yourself with some accountability. You know, God's speaking to your life now. What are you going to do to create rest? What are you going to do to remove distraction? What are you going to do to remove pressure? So you might be, God might be speaking to your life and you just want to put it out there for somebody to say, this is what I'm doing. That might be the exact word that somebody out there needs to hear on how to change their life. So often when we get so caught up in our ministry and caught up in our life, we just don't see a way that we can create more rest. And we can, don't see a way to remove pressure. See, this is what Jesus did. And, and, and he created that space, distraction-free, pressure-free, so that he could pray. He went up the hill to pray. And it's a pattern of behaviour that we should all, you know, that we all can do for ourselves. So if we're needing to create a space, a place, a time, an area for us to pray, how do we do that? How do we remove some of the distractions while you pray? Have you ever noticed that mobile phones can be really distracting? I, I, somebody said no over there, who I know should be saying yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we love the technology, don't we? We love to be in constant communication and interaction. But see, if that is distracting you from resting and from prayer, so if you're coming to pray and, and you've got you know, status updates coming on your phone, you've got other things happening, what you need to do is remove that distraction. Turn your phone off. Put it in another room. Do something that you can spend some time to rest, not have input, not worry about what somebody else is doing, but leave that so you can come and pray in the, with God. So you can actually hear God in this midst. You know, that might be a mobile phone. It might be something else. You know, it might be that you've got so... You, you get so distracted with all the things that you need to do. You get caught up in it during the day and you never find any time and space for rest. Well, maybe what you need to do is actually go, well, in the first thing I'm going to do when I wake up is I'm going to set aside five minutes to pray. I'm going to set aside ten minutes to pray. I'm going to set aside half an hour to pray. An hour, whatever it's going to work for you, but at least set something aside so you can create a pattern in your behaviour where you are moving from rest and prayer into busyness and life, become rejuvenated, restored, so you can get involved in things. If you've had a really busy day and life has got really on that and your brain is going, 
10 to the dozen over, all these things. Stop what you're doing and take some time to pray. One of the biggest things you can do, and, and this may be a little technology thing you can do, put a timer, you know, it could be an egg timer if you want, you know, one of those ones you turn, or, you know, if you happen to have your watch or a phone or something there, put a timer on it and say, I'm going to pray for this length of time. And you will find that in that space, as the time's ticking away, you're happy to spend that with God. You'll let go of the things that are going on. We need to learn how to create a distraction-free space, a pressure-free space, so that we can actually rest and pray with God. You know, I know life is really hard. You know, and, and life is really hard at the moment. It's not that it hasn't ever been hard before, but it is hard at the moment. We just need to kind of admit that and own up to it and bring that there. You know, for me, it's difficult, you know, and at times it feels like you're fighting against a storm. No matter how hard we push, it doesn't seem that we get anywhere. And I reckon this is what exactly the disciples must have been feeling like as they're trying to row across the, the water, um, the sea, in order to get the Bethsaida. The winds come up, and we know from the last time we looked at the disciples going ahead of Jesus, um, or actually going with Jesus across to the other side of the lake, that, that storms do come in un unexpectedly and will whip up and become difficult and frenzy and you've got to work hard. I reckon that's a, a, such a wonderful analogy of what our life is like sometimes, isn't it? You know, well, you know, sometimes our life will be fantastic. It'll be smooth sailing. Why do we have, you know, like a, you know, nautical kind of phrasings about how life goes? Smooth sailing means it's going really well. You know, pushing against the tide means that things are really difficult. You're know, having to work hard against it. You know, and, and I think, you know, that's exactly what it was like for the disciples of pushing against the storm. And we also face that in our lives again. There, there'll be situations and, you know, and only you know what storm you are facing. Only you know what things are tough in your life at the moment. So let's, let's see what happens. What are the words that Jesus speaks into this situation the disciples find themselves? So we're jumping straight back into Mark's Gospel, Mark chapter 6, verses 53 to 52, and it says this, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and I love the way it phrases it for this. They were all terrified, this is the disciples, they were all terrified when they saw Jesus. So Jesus had been walking across the water to them, but Jesus spoke to them at once. So just keep put this in mind, they're tired, they're exhausted, they've been pushing hard, they're not getting anywhere. They see Jesus coming in the middle of the night, it's dark, it says it's around 3 a.m. in the morning, coming across, walking across the water, and, and, and they're terrified. And Jesus says this. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. And then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped, and they were totally amazed, for they still didn't actually understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves, and their hearts were too hard to take it in. So, you know, even though they'd been with Jesus and the miracle that had just happened, they still didn't understand the nature of Jesus and who he really was. But guess what? When life is tough, when things are tough in your life, when, when it feels like you're rowing against the storm, 
What did Jesus say to the disciples in the spirit? He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. See, in the midst of life's troubles, we always need to remember that God is with you. The phrase, don't be afraid, is repeated time and time and time again in the Bible. It's actually something that, it's one of the phrases that is, is so important in the Bible. Don't be afraid. Why are we not to be afraid? Because God is with you. In the good times, God is with you. In the hard times, God is with you. Don't be afraid. And also what? Be courageous. Take courage. Be strong. Because why? Because God is with you. See, in the hard times, we often want to lean into God. In the good times, we often forget it. We've got to always remember God is with us in all the moments of our lives, all the places we are, whether we're in the storm or in the calm. God is with us. God is in control. And God can lead us to safety in all of this. So I know it's hard, especially when we're finding it difficult because we, we, we can't see past the issue that's right at hand. So what do we need to do? Don't be afraid for our futures because if you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ, you are taken care of for eternity. If you've placed your trust in Jesus Christ... He will actually take you from the moment of, of and, and this will be something that will build up in time, over time as you get to know the words, the ways, as God starts working in you, as the Holy Spirit feeds into you. It will build courage within you, courage of conviction to stand up for Jesus Christ, to stand up in tough situations, to be involved, to declare Jesus as Lord and Saviour. And we do this because Jesus Christ is with us. So let's take these words that Jesus said to the disciples and the words that he says to us today. He says, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. So let's just pray together. Oh, gracious, loving God. We know our life can be full of ups, full of downs, hard times, good times. Lord, we just ask that in this moment, whether we're going through a hard time, a difficult space. We just pray that you speak into our lives, that you allow us to, to not feel fearful in this moment because you, O oh Lord, are the one guiding us. You are leading us. You are always with us. Lord, if we're facing a time that is frightening us, help us to be full of courage. Oh Lord, we just pray this because you are with us. Lord, help us to create those spaces of rest. Help us to create a space of prayer. Help us to remove distraction. Help us to remove worry. Help us to remove pressure from our lives so that we really can come and know you, O Lord Jesus Christ. God, your word speaks to us today in so many new and different ways. Let us find rest in you today. Let us find hope. Let us find strength and courage. We pray this in the power of Jesus' name. Amen.